What's up, podcast? Um, it's been a, almost a week, I think. Um, things have been busy. Things have been busy. And uh, I thought I'd take a break from, from the extensive um, media uploads. So, uh, and now I'm back. I've got a, a few more, a few new things that I want to bring out to you, including this very special piece here. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so um, I had this guy message me on Instagram asking me about some uh, uni advice. Um, he's going into in, in his second year of um, university. Um, he's doing um, teaching and um, he wants to know how he can settle his nerves. So I read the comment that he said um, sent to me. He goes, um, I'm studying in ECU <coughs> in WA and had a really crappy prac like it was overwhelming. What would you recommend for me to do in the second year prac to keep my nerves down and also make sure I'm doing the most beneficial classroom management so I don't get walked over? So, uh, yeah, now we call him. Now we call him. Let's give it a go. Hey, bud. How you going? Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. What's been happening? Normal day in Perth, I feel ya, I feel ya. Um, okay, so uh, your, when, when do you start back at uni? Uh, I start back in the 24th of February. Yep, 24th of Feb, yep. And uh, this is your second year or your third year? Second year. Second year, so you've done one prac already and that was the two th or three week one? Um, the first prac I did in semester one was 10 days. Yep. Sorry, seven day prac, and then the second one was a ten day prac. Yeah. Are you doing Are you doing a two year masters like uh, dip ed or the full thing? I'm doing my um, bachelor education. Okay. And what are you majoring in and minoring in? Um, at the moment, because I'm only second year, we don't. I don't think we choose um our majors yet. But okay. I want to make um. Special needs, special education. Yeah, well, it's changed since since I did it. I feel old. It was only a couple of years ago. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, when I did it, I graduated with major in PE and minor in science, and I I chose them like at the start of the degree. That's interesting. Oh wow! Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, um, how, how old are you, bud? PJ. Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. So. You're 21 and your first prac wasn't that great. Is that correct? Um, the first prac was like this expectant of like, I didn't really, they were really like walking me through it. And then the second prac when I had to do the, my classes, my official classes, I got really like, I couldn't control the classroom as well as I thought how, what I, as well as I wanted or deliver. Yeah, so it was your first time, and, and what what year group was that? Uh, year one. Year one, okay, so you're, you're teaching primary school. Ah, okay, all right, all right, so it's a little bit, it's a, very, a little bit different to what I'm doing, I'm doing high school. All right, so the year ones, um, and so can you give me an example of how they responded to you? Um, this, a lot, some, most of the, sometimes they'll literally be like, um, they would literally just want to muck around, not really like give the full guide attention, if you know what I mean. Like this, 
Yeah, and, and what did you see, sorry, what did you see your mentor teacher doing with them when you were observing? Um, I saw her, or well, I had two mentor teachers who were really good. Um, they were, they, as soon as a kid like, started to act up, they'd stamp their foot down like real quickly, like making sure they used the low-key responses and all those things. Yeah. I did some of those, but they didn't really listen to me as well as they did to the mental teacher. Okay. All right. So, and what term was this in? What term was this all in? Okay, term four. So let's paint the picture here. You've got uh, a bunch of year ones, which is what, year, uh, what six, seven-year-olds, yeah? Yeah. And they've been used to the same teacher for probably the entire year. Yeah. And it's term four. They're pretty much finished. And I don't know about year ones particularly, but most school kids... Term four is like a uh, kind of, they start to sign off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of variables you've got to think about in terms of um, child behavior. And in particular, the younger kids, um, what I found is they don't really like change and, and, and sudden change. Um, and kids are brutal. They're very honest. They're, they're straight, straight up. Like if they don't like you, it's not really because of you specifically there may be a few other variables like I just mentioned. Um, but to get to the way to get around that is to um, analyze and figure out what they want. You know, give them something first. And they say you're not supposed to be, be the student's friend, but you need to play the game and give them, give them an opening. Make them, make them think that they're in control. Does that make sense? Yeah, so make them think they're in control. It's I call it positive manipulation because you're wanting you're 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 doing something for them to you're not forcing them to do anything, but you're you're guiding them into a behavior that's optimal for your learning environment. So um, your pedagogy. So you're um, you want to make sure that yeah you you, you give them the floor, but also start to say things like, let's say a kid starts acting up, there'll be a method and you've got to follow through. The biggest thing I found with teachers, and this is after they finished uni, is they don't follow through with their consequences. How did you go about following through? Um, what do you mean by that? So let's say you have a behavior management system and if a student is not behaving properly, you have a consequence. What would your consequence be? Well, I just used, you know, the traffic light, the traffic light system? Yep. And did you use that, did you use that straight away or did you give them a warning or what did you do? Well, at first, at first, um, I gave them warnings and then the second lessons, my teachers literally said, Even us as mental teachers, so if you need to go straight to like part in the class or time out, just by all means, just do it. Don't give warnings today because they need that. 
Okay, all right. So, and that and that was your one and only prac. Yeah, you haven't done your second prac yet, have you? Uh, no, I haven't done my okay. second. Okay. Okay. No problem. No problem. All right. Um. So, your first prac's always going to be the hard one, like in terms of breaking the ice, right? And yeah. and it, this it, in regards to your behavior management or how you get along with the kids, you you'll build on it. You'll grow on it. It takes time. And the one thing I learned about uni is a lot of it is theoretical. There are some practical parts of it at uni, but when you go inside the classroom, it's not like they it's not exactly like they told you at uni. Is that right? Yeah, but can you repeat that, sir? Uh, whatever you get taught at uni isn't nowhere near exactly like it is in a classroom. Is that correct? No. Yeah. No, it's not exactly like it's a completely different ball game. Okay, so the way to handle that is obviously you have to be aware of that and it's good that you did your prac early. I did my pr first prac in the second semester of the second year and the only one thing that I <coughs> that I agreed with with my mentor uh, back then was that it was way too late in a degree to do that. Yeah, that's a funny one. Yeah, but so you're lucky. Now here's 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 why it was the only th reason I it was the only thing I agreed with that mentor, um, and this is the story I want to tell you, and this will be um, this will be good content. So can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Okay, so my second semester of my second year, I um, had a mentor, and it was a two week thing or ten day thing. Uh, eight on my eighth day. I was failed and I was withdrawn from the school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So leading up to that, the there was a few different elements. So the teacher he called me condescending and yeah, from the from the very beginning and it was so hard to recover from that because he mis misinterpreted me um, and assumed that I was a pleb. Anyway, um, so what happened was I tried to recover and I felt there was a lot of short man syndrome. Do you know what that means? I, I know the basis of it. Yeah, so I felt like he had short man syndrome, but that, that was my assumption. Anyway, when he sat me down that morning on the eighth day of my prac, and I, I had good relationships with all the other teachers that I was involved with in that school, I had good relationships with the students. There was no behavior management issues, nothing. Um, there was a few hiccups with preparation because it was my first prac, but I did my absolute best to make sure that I was prepared and everything. Anyway, long story short, the teacher sat me down uh, at about 10.30 in the morning on a Wednesday and said that I was a danger to kids, I was a danger to their education, and that I should reconsider my career choice. Because he just didn't like me. <laughs> yeah. Now, my supervisor came in. Do you have a supervisor that comes in? Yeah, I did. Yeah. My, my, what did your supervisor say? She said to me that, um, well, hang on, I can grab my, um, my file. That's okay. Just, just, just do it out of memory. Just, what, what do you remember? Uh, 
She just said, like, if they're not going to expect you to know everything. Yeah. Like, just keep, even if, like, some of the feedback that you got was, like, really, like, stern, just don't give up on it. Just keep going at it because the kids like you, but keep practicing your deliverance and you'll be, she, I got a real, I got a lot of really good feedback. Yeah. And it's like, just try work on your behavior management and all those things and you'll do really, really well. Yeah, man. That's right. Your supervisor nailed it. So you got to keep practicing. Absolutely. My supervisor passed me with flying colors. I don't mean to flex, but my supervisor passed me with flying colors. Both times that he visited, he said that I was, I had everything sorted. I was doing well. I, yeah, he gave me great marks. But my mentor still decided to fail me and withdrew me. Do you know what withdrawn, uh, getting withdrawn from a school means? You can't um, go back into the course. Yep, you get expelled. You get withdrawn from the university. It took me three months to fight it with appeals. Now, no disrespect to the ECU um, School of uh, Education, but the people that were involved during that time did not follow procedure properly. I was not represented properly, and I had a whole bunch of mess, a whole big bonfire that I was trying to put out. And luckily, I had someone to help me at the time, and I was able to keep a level head and push through get it turned around and I graduated graduated without even failing one unit and then the first year out of university I got um, pretty much fully booked out as a relief teacher across three schools and then by the third term in my first year I was um, contracted my first term as a full full-time contract and then in the second, in the fourth term of that same year, they offered me another contract, which is unheard of because in term four, being getting relief is hard because year 11s have finished halfway through and year 12s have finished halfway through. So they do internal relief. They still offered me a contract. Does that sound like I'm a danger to kids in their education? No. No. It was just the, the, the one person's opinion. That was it. Do you reckon that's? Do you reckon that could have completely destroyed someone's career if they if they were in a different mindset to what I was? Yeah, of course. So in term four, long story short, again, I rejected that contract because I had one interview at another school, and this was a for a permanent position, and I got it. So permanency. That's it. I don't have to. I'm not in the rat race anymore when it comes to trying to find a permanent job in a school system. So, yeah, three-year turnaround from someone telling me that I was not meant to be a teacher, I should reconsider my choices, to being permanent at a school, to being picked up by someone who thinks the complete opposite. That's, yeah, that's inspirational. So think about that, man. Think about that. If... If things are getting tough, I want you to use that story and say, well, damn, at least I don't have it as bad as Sev does or Sev did. Okay? Yeah, I, I was like, do you know how you said about the ECU thing? Yeah. yeah like, obviously, my, because my camera is on and it's recording. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
I understand where you're coming from with them. I'm not recording your screen, by the way. I'm just recording the audio. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, I understand they can be a bit hard to deal with. Yeah, it's and it's and it's like I'm not blaming anyone, and it's. The thing is, all I went all the way up to the dean of the ECU, the top, the top boss, and we had a, me a meeting and an interview and everything. Like that's how serious it got. But the thing is, man, don't give up. I didn't give up. I didn't give up. I know, I know, it sounds cliche, but that's it's the perfect story, and I love, I love telling it. And like, had I followed then and there, I would be doing something completely different, right? Now here's one more thing I give uh, I want to give to you. Um, you're 21. Are you turning 22 this year, or have you already turned 21? This year, yeah. Okay. So you finished school when you were 18, yeah? Yeah. What did you do between you finishing school and starting uni? Did you have a gap year? Well, yeah. I actually went to America for three months. Excellent. You travelled. That's the best thing ever. That's awesome. And how did you find that? Pretty rewarding because I went to a special needs summer camp in Iowa. Nice. With kids with That's so cool. Did you find? Did you learn yeah, something about yourself? Yeah. And what did you learn about yourself? A lot of like that. Without sounding more like cliche, that I'm more than just like I can influence a person like no other. Okay. There you go. There you go. Take that motivation and take it into the classroom next time you go. Okay? Yeah. There you go. Use that confidence, man. And and there will be kids in the future that that will hate you, that will say they hate you, and that will try to do that they will be mean to you. I've had kids try to fight me. And I'm six foot ten. And yeah. But man, don't don't let it don't take it to heart. They're kids. They don't know. They don't know that much. They they they're still learning. You can't take offense ever, because here's another quick story for you. The kids that were calling me mean, saying to me that they hated me, that I was the worst teacher ever. Those kids ended up graduating school, and those are the same kids that are messaging me now, asking me for advice because they realize that I care a lot. Yeah. And and I ask them and it's not it's not for an ego boost, but it's just like cur curious to see what where I'm at in the world of education. I'm I'm curious to them saying, "Have you messaged any other teacher? Have you emailed them? Have you contacted them in any way?" Uh, and they said, "No, nah, you're the only one that I want to talk to." Does that sound like someone yeah. that's an a danger to students' education and I should no. So Nobody knows you 100% as much as you do. And even you don't know yourself 100%, especially at 21 slash 22. There's so many things that you're still yet to figure out. I'm so stoked to hear that you took a gap year and you went traveling for three months in America. I, I was a little bit worried, not going to lie, because a lot, of, a lot of kids who finish school who want to become teachers, they go straight into uni without actually experiencing life properly. They haven't experienced traveling by themselves. They haven't experienced stress um, without any help from their parents. And they haven't experienced, yeah, life skills, like 
like they yeah. teach you at school, but you know, it's just like going to school, being a teacher. You don't know what it's like until you actually do it. And when you're a kid, you don't know what life is like as an adult until you actually do it. Now, here's the problem, and this is a big problem that I'm seeing. A lot of students who become student teachers, they go straight from high school into university, and they go through the system, and then they graduate um, university as teachers, and then they go straight into school. They're pretty much at school their whole life. They have no big gap. I know there's holidays and stuff, but they're, they're, they haven't had that break. And I feel like it's important. There's somewhere that I read that yeah. um, teachers, um, teachers should not apply for university until they're 25, have at least five to seven years gap of actual living, trying, you know? How many teachers can give advice on full-time retail work? None. The ones, the ones that go straight from high school into uni and straight into a job, none of them can, can actually tell you what retail is like. None of them can tell you what hospitality is like at full-time weight, like full-time job. Yeah, sure, you can work as a retailer or a, a hospitality person while you're at school part-time, but full-time and, you know, being a manager, being a laborer, you know, they need to taste that. And also traveling by yourself is one of the best things you can do. So good on you, man. And I really, I really wish that you um, can travel a bit more before you finish your degree. And because what I get, what the kids get from me is they don't just get my education, which is apparently is a danger to them. They also get my life stories. Do you yeah, think do you yeah. think do you think those kids that come out of school into uni and then straight back into school have pretty interesting life stories? Not really. Not really. Not many. There there will be some there's some outliers. There will be some exceptions, not going to lie, but most of the time they're robots. They they sound like robots. And that's that's just what I've seen. There, are, there have been some amazing academic teachers who went straight out of school into uni, back into school, and who are amazing. But they're gifted. They're, they're born for it. But there's some that just they just don't feel that rapport. They just can't get the message across. And they're more academic. They're not actually, they don't have that behavior management skill. But yeah, to sum, to sum it all up, man, make sure that you're, you're practicing and know that it will get better with the more you practice. Um, volunteering at schools is probably one of the best things you can do right now because at the end of your degree, you may have already made friends with your uni people, but at the end of your degree, they become your enemies. And not literally enemies, they become le enemies because they're all looking for the same job. They become your com competition. Yeah. You know? So the best way to get an advantage of that is to volunteer at schools. Every person that I've ever talked to that's doing a degree right now in teaching, or any degree really, should be going and volunteering uh, at the profession they're part of or they're wanting to do. Because at the end of your degree, you'll have two to three years experience at that school. And if they look, once they open up the floodgates for jobs, you'll already know the kids, you'll already know the staff, you'll already know the system and, and where everything is at that school. You're gonna be the best candidate as a graduate. Like I've done um, uh, education assistant work. Perfect. That's Perfect. awesome. Like, do it. No nah, man, do it. Do that more and more and more, and try to do a few different schools, 
And um, yeah, keep your head up, make sure you volunteer, and um, and yeah, all the best day. Like, yeah. Do you have any more questions? Um, that's all right, man. There's always another time, but that's that's a pretty solid um, phone call, I reckon. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you if you agree. Uh, I reckon those are some pretty good, um, solid content right there. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I've seen like your live streams and stuff, and they're really good. Like yesterday. Thank you, thank you so much. It's it's just a matter of experience. It's just a matter of experience and being confident. Like the kids don't mess around in my class. Sometimes I give them a little bit, but they know. Yeah. And it's all about the follow through. When the kids act up a little bit more, it's because they don't believe that you're going to follow through. And when you follow through, they'll end up being like, you know what? This guy's not going to stop. We may as well stop. And it's always the kids that stop first because, hey, <laughs> they're, they're at school. You can, you can make their lives a little bit harder if they don't um, um, comply with what, you, with what you want. But remember, always be suggestive. Don't be uh, an unenforcer. Be suggestive. Give them options. Have you learned about that yet? The options method. Yeah. Give them options. Give them options, and both and options that are that are suitable to you. So they, whichever one they pick, they, they benefit you first and foremost, and and they they get on with whatever they need to do. Let me know yeah, how you go. I agree. Yeah, man. Let me know how you go. All right, I got to head off. Thank you All right. much for the call. No worries, man. You can you can message me anytime and ask for more advice if you want. I'm going to come into the uni to talk about this as well. Um, I need to get a hold of um, uh, a professor because um, we've got something and I want to bring it in. Sound good? All right. All right, buddy. Thank you, sir. All right, mate. Catch you later, PJ. Bye. Bye. All right, PJ, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah. Straight half an hour of uh, my story, my advice um, for anyone that's at uni studying teaching, for anyone studying any degree really, um, all you just need to remember is it's hard, it's hard when you first get out there and it gets easier the more you practice, as cliche as that may sound. Volunteering at an establishment like Sabine. She volunteers at um, a mental institution because she's studying psychology. She loves it. One, you get a taste tester of what it's like before you finish your degree. What if you finish your degree and you absolutely hate it? There are so many teachers out there, qualified teachers that aren't even teachers anymore because they realize that the classroom is not for them. And that's fine. The thing is, you can save a lot of time if you learn the magic of volunteering volunteer at the schools because it gives you two amazing things one it gives you experience two it gives you experience to know that if you're going to like it or not and three it gives you a, a better chance of getting a job as soon as you graduate hundred thousand percent better chance than for someone who's got their degree even master's degree and hasn't really actually stepped in the classroom apart from prac you have a, such a better chance of getting a job because it's showing your face. And on that note, when you do apply for a job, don't email them your resume. Don't do it. Walk in there. 
show your face. Book an appointment. If they just want to send, if they just want an email um, because they're, they're full, go in, book an appointment. What, what can you do? Worst case scenario, say, I'm sorry, uh, please just come back, just, just drop it in there as an email. You show your face, you've got that extra chance for the principal to walk past. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. I was, uh, uh, we came into a school and uh, I was talking to the relief coordinator. The principal walked past. My story is that they noticed my height. So that was an advantage, but yeah, that was it. Sweet, that's it, done. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Any questions, if you wanna, if you wanna be part of a phone call, message me on Instagram, at Sevspix. Love to hear from you. Good, thanks. So yeah, I mean, like, the 16th of February. It's crazy, crazy times. Um, it's, been a, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been consistent with my uh, everything, and uh, here's why. And you can say that I'm making excuses and all that and whatever, but um, yeah, I, I, I kind of focused a bit more on my business, on myself, without letting anything distract me. And even though I believe in the whole philosophy of create content at scale, there are times where, you know, if it distracts you from your main goal, uh, then you gotta channel it back in. So um, over the last week, yeah, probably, yeah, the last week. So my last day-by-day podcast was on the 7th of February. So it's fitting to have it now. And I had one, I had one podcast that I released uh, the other day, and that was a uh, audio for me giving advice to someone uh, at uni doing teaching. So I don't know if you listened to that. Thank you if you did. Um, and that was yeah received very well. But now the 16th of February, we're a month and a half into the new year. Man, time is flying. The one thing that I have started telling myself more and more of, and this is the advice that I would give other people is just living in the moment. Um, living in the moment right now, making sure that I'm enjoying. Like right now, driving home from a photo shoot, I had an amazing day. Um, but yeah, living in that moment, you know, talking about what I did today, yesterday, the week prior. That's what I need to do. That's that's what I need to do more of, that living in the moment stuff. And it stressed me out a little bit, not going to lie. The last couple of weeks, um, getting, like, going through a roller coaster of emotions with myself. Uh, you know, like, wondering what's happening with uh, inquiries, wondering what's happening with possible uncertainties. Um, and not knowing what's happening with everything really and like unsure about a lot of things um, you know like I talk myself through it I talk I talk a lot about um, or I thought a lot about a lot of things <laughs> I'm very I'm being very specific aren't I but what I'm trying to say is um, I needed to fight some internal stuff like a lot of internal stuff um, and it wasn't like depression or anything like that or being like super anxious and just like, oh man, the world sucks. It's just it's just like uncertainties and channeling in exactly what I wanted to do um, more short term than long term, which is like long term, I've got an idea. Short term, it's like, all right, the planning is here, 
but then where do I go from there? Like, how do I how do I make ends meet right now in the in the short term? And that's that's been the tricky bit bit for me. Like, how do I get ahead now? And you know, talking to a few people, my friends, um, uh, Sabine, um, a few mentors, and it's just like there's really there's there's never actually anything to worry about but I can't help myself to put pressure on myself because I want to do more I want to you know I want to do things that I didn't think were possible and throughout my life there were so many things that I set myself to want to do and I initially I would have thought nah that's not possible and then I would just run with it anyway give it a go and push myself a little bit get obsessed with it in a healthy way and then actually, it actually happens. Um, but the obsession part is important, and here's why. If you're obsessed with something, you're fully focused in on it. Nothing else really matters. The only distraction you have is doing that obsession itself. And anytime you're not doing it, you're thinking about it. That's obsession. So I'm trying to find what I'm actually obsessed with because that's what my true passion I feel is and finding your obsession is I guess the same as saying finding your passion but here's the kicker and here's why I've been going on a roller coaster in my head and I don't really express this uh, out loud to people but I thought I'd document it now because I have more clarity of what the hell's going on inside that noggin um, but yeah the, the finding the obsession like I look at all the cards on the table and I'm like right what is, what is it that I'm actually obsessed with? Like, I look at the TikTok videos that I make and I'm like, right, I'm, am I obsessed with making TikTok videos? I mean, I enjoy it. I really love it. I get distracted by it um, during the day when I have other things that I need to be doing. Um, but I did not get obsessed enough to be able to do it full on. And there's a few, <coughs> excuse me, there's a few factors involved here. Um, and like TikTok isn't consistent and there's a few things that happen in the platform that kind of, kind of bum me out. Like you post a video up, for example, and it doesn't do well and you, you just don't know because the algorithm's so weird. But anyway, without going into too much in depth with that, I realized that I'm better off winging it. I've always been better off winging it. I've always been like, right, I'm just going to do what I think is funny or what I what I think is, is good in my head. And whether or not it's kind of does well or not, at least I laugh. At least I laugh. And it's not push. It's not forced. It's not fake. Um, over the last month or so, I've been caught up with, you know, putting out more content at scale um, to the point where I'm actually not doing it for myself and I hate that I hated that a lot I, I was not a fan of that because you know I always talk about doing something that you love obviously enjoying what you're doing and not being forced to do it but then you get caught up with uh, attention you get caught up with success and it's something that I talk about as well not having to, um, not having to uh, kind of 
get higher off your own supply. So don't don't like hear the cheers, but at the same time, don't hear the booze. But getting back to what I'm trying to say is, I accidentally, well, not accidentally, but I ended up being in that world myself. And I'm like, right, well, now I'm creating content for other people and not really anymore for me because I just want to build more followers and, and do this and do that. And I'm just like, you know what? That's not me. That's never been me. And that's something that I that I advise advise other people not to get into. So I reverted back and started doing other things and that's um, kind of taken a hit, which, you know, was no doubt always gonna happen, but that's that's not me, that's that's the that's the app and you know if the app doesn't like my stuff or the audience wants to change or whatever then that's so be it you know I'm not gonna force myself to become someone that I'm not just so I can please a platform or um, an audience um, that you know may not be interested in the stuff that I'm pushing out in the future anyway so being real going back to being more real to myself first and foremost but that's not just TikTok. So here's here's the other thing that I've realized, and more more like the actually today, which is the reason why I'm recording this. I am going to revert back to more storytelling, full on hardcore storytelling, um, documenting, not not creating, documenting, which is what was what I was after in the first place. So. Documenting not just my podcast and what my thoughts are every day, but documenting my uh, what's it called um, my 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 weddings, my wedding stuff, and it worked for me early January, and then I got caught up in it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start to really push these advertisements. I'm going to be like, hey guys, I'm doing this for my on my Facebook, you know, selling, selling. And uh, Branchy said today that you, you don't want to sell. Because people get sick of people selling. People don't want to get told what to buy. People want to get given an idea, and then they they the, the decision needs to be up to them. It's like the storytelling for me comes up uh, comes to just simply. I took this amazing photo today um, at a wedding, and I'm gonna f- share it on on every platform that I possibly can, and do not even mention that I'm open for bookings or anything like that. If someone really genuinely likes the photo and is interested in me becoming their photographer for their magical day, they're going to ask regardless. And if I start advertising as an ad, then the people I feel like that attracts more people that are just looking for a good bargain. And I'm not really about a good bargain. I mean, I try to provide good value. But at the same time, if someone's got a budget and they don't see the value in my work, then do I really want to be involved with their stuff? <coughs> you know, it is more meaningful to me working with a client that actually appreciates my work to begin with, not because they got a good deal or a or a special or whatever. It's 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 all about the passion. It's all about the connection. So. That's what I'm reverting back to. And that starts with story. You're, you're genuine. You're, you're talking about it. You're documenting about it. You're like, this is me. This is what I think about this photo. This was the day that it happened. And 
I mean, a lot of people. I see a lot of people that do it on blogs on their websites and stuff, and and that's and that's why they're I guess they're successful. They've got that blog stuff. But I've never been a written person, and I would love to try it. So, and maybe that's something I could collaborate with Sabine. I would write about it. I would no. I would I would talk about it. I would record it in a video. I would make a caption about it on Instagram, which is doable because it's only a barely a par- paragraph. And then have someone else annotate it into more of a uh, complete story on, online. Good for my SEO. Good for other people that are lurking on my website who want to learn more about me and and uh, you know get a get a feel of my authenticity about wedding photos. Because no disrespects, but I see a lot of wedding photographers out there doing it for the money. I'm wanting to hustle, and obviously there is a. Um, you know, aim to progress in pay, increase my rates. You know, if I'm in demand and I'm not increasing my rates, then I'm, you know, silly, silly. Because if people are willing to pay um, a premium price because they really want me, then of course I should be able to do it. As a businessman, it's a smart idea. Taking a breath. So, plan from now. And I love, I love the idea that I can change my mind and not be afraid of someone going, hey, Seb, why are you always changing your mind? Make up your mind, stick to something, which is, you know, true. You know, they're not, you're not, you're not, they're not half wrong. But at the same time, it's like you evolve by reflecting. You evolve by, you know, changing things up because if things aren't working for you, but you're too close-minded to make any sort of change and hoping that you're pushing it further and hoping one day it hits, then, you know, it may not help you in the long run. So I like to, I like to bounce around. I like to, you know, not, uh, not change every five seconds, but at the same time, you know, taste, taste more waters, uh, as many waters as I possibly can. So that's what I'm doing now. But I am reverting back to something more that works because I guess I did try something and it was working and then I tried something else and it wasn't working and then I pushed that for some reason and then I was like, ah, well, that's not working. What am I doing wrong? So naturally now I'm going to revert back and see if that works again. And if it does, I'm going to quadruple down on it, especially if I enjoy it, especially and if, it, if I do and it's working, I'm just going to keep doing and, you know, probably go 80, 90% of my energy into that sort of kind of mindset with my social media, with my personal projects um, and with my business. And then the other 10 to 20%, I will, um, you know, in, uh, experiment. It's like stocks. You want to... You want to invest majority of your money into you know your your safe stuff, and then the other three to five percent. That's where you experiment because if you lose, then you're still going to have a bulk of your investment still alive. So that's what I need to do. I need to not reinvent the wheel. Go back to what worked for me in the past, and then yeah, go from there. So. Um, if anybody's listening to this and is, you know, like wondering um, why they've uh, tasted success and then it, it automatically or, or it, it then just kind of stop, stopped for them, ask yourself, have you changed something about it? Have you tried to get, did you get cocky and tried to get more or, or try different things? 
without realizing you didn't really need to fix what wasn't broken in the first place. If you, if you feel like you have, then try to go back and think about the days where it was working. Think about the moments that led up to that success. Think about the moments or the, the feeling or the smell of the air during that success and what you were doing at the time. And simply try to go back and just do that. Just see if that works. And if it does, then hey, you're, you're back to you're back to not square one, you're back to you know where you wanted to be in the first place. You just maybe lost track or lost sight of what was needed to be done. Think of it like fishing. Fishing is one of my favorite life analogies. If you find a good spot to fish at, you're gonna test out different times of day and different moon phases. And I'm not gonna get too technical with the fishing because I, I really can. But let's say you've got your you've got your rod that you really you love, and now all it is is what type of bait you use. Let's say you chose a specific type of bait and you're getting fish one fish every five minutes you know that's a pretty good that's a pretty good rate of, of, of fish fish hooks then you decide I want a fish every two and a half minutes you want to double your your income your, your your hooks your hooks on let's call it and then so you try a different bait because you, you, you're wanting to you know gain more fish and then all of a sudden it stops you're not a failure, you just change something from something that was working to something that maybe wasn't such a good idea. But then you may get stuck with, you know what, I'm gonna keep trying this bait until I, you know, it'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen. Yeah, probably probably not the best idea, probably not the smartest idea because you know, you need to you need to get that almost get that second rod. You need to get that second fishing line and have it doing what was working before and then keep and if that's if that works then you've still got that stream of hooks coming in fish coming in and then you can get experimental you know I'm gonna try a different color uh, real fishing jig or whatever jig and and it doesn't work okay then try something else try something else and then maybe one day you're gonna hit it big and it's gonna really bring in a lot more fish and that's when you upgrade that's when you change and that's that's, that's really the, the analogy. I hope it makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you haven't found anything that works yet, maybe you're st still struggling to find something that sticks, keep trying. Keep trying. Try not to change too many variables. Try to change only one thing at a time. And, and really just pay attention on what's happening out there and seeing what sticks. Because the more nets you throw out, here's another fish analogy. The more, the more nets you throw out, there's bound to be a spot you're gonna hit, and you know you're gonna you're gonna catch that first fish, and then once you do, you start channeling into or fine tuning that specific spot, that specific net. You're gonna change to a specific bait, and then you go from there. So yeah, that's that's what I tried to do, but I changed too many variables. Let's step back a step and see what happens. I'm excited because um, it's already working and I'll update you more on that soon. So yeah, but anyway, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for always tuning in. Again, apologize I've been absent for about a week or so. Um, yeah, consistency, I guess, but also happiness. 
and that's what matters. All right, guys, peace out. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, give me a message on Instagram at Sevspix if you have time. Um, I would love if you. I would love it if you left a review on iTunes or uh, podcast reviews page. I don't even know where it is, but give us a subscribe. It does help a lot, and uh, hopefully one day um, I can do a live podcast and get a few people on the show. Until then, again, as always, good thanks.